0: Premier League season is over but we still have the FA Cup Final, Champions League and Europa League to come and Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorer. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 bet builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365 match live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hello everybody and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast brought to you by theathletic.com. Please, children, gather round, pull up a seat uh, and listen as we uh, look back over the 2019-2020 season. My name's Taylor Payne and I am joined by the glorious Mr. George Culkin. How are you, George? Are you okay?
1: The football is over. I'm full of joy. Waffles loves sausage, but he's a strange boy. (laughs) Ha
0: ha! Gets in, all the poems are coming out again, and of course we are joined by the ever-ready, ever-present, happy-go-lucky scamp that is Chris Sergeant Waffles Wharf. Chris, how are you doing? Are you okay?
2: Well, I'm a little bit annoyed that George is glorious and I am a scamp. I mean, it's just—I uh, mean, I'm not surprised, but I am a bit annoyed. <laughs>
0: well, you know, you are, are a you,
2: scamp.
1: You are, you yeah, bed Chris, uh, you have to line it. Yeah, scamp. Scamp cheeky, is absolutely the right word. Cheeky yeah, little, little scamp. scump. scamp.
0: Robin to my sausages. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, how we doing, lads? Has this year completely drained you with all energy, life, excitement? <laughs> A sense of Taylor, dread d- has just entered We d- d- we, did, we, d- <laughs> we did say this would be upbeat. Uh, you, did we? You're, you're, the, the black clowns have gathered very, very early. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that, George. I'm sorry, but no, nah, come on now. There's been some fun stuff, hasn't there? We've had some fun times. Yeah, and I think
1: we're going to try and do a bit of that today, aren't we? We're going to look back over the season, but we're going to sort of concentrate a little bit on some of the fun stuff and the yeah. happy stuff and the stuff that made us smile. Because difficult though it is to remember that sometimes, bearing in mind all the stuff that's happening around yeah. the club. Um, you know, we have to we don't want to look back on the last eleven months and think of it as a complete waste of existence,
0: do we? <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was? <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was? <laughs> I mean, it's this season's been going for five years, hasn't it? This is the longest season ever in the history of anything, of football, of anything. It's just been... It's non-stop, has it? It's just, well, it has stopped. It stopped massively. No, no, middle, it's, it's no, just... no. <laughs> no yeah, that, that's the one thing that it did did do. Yeah. it did stop. It did stop. It stopped. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> but it just seems like it's gone on and on and on, doesn't it? But you know, that 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 could be a good thing. I like football. It could be nice if it goes on and on and on. But yeah, so yeah, I like I like football. I like football. <laughs> yeah. What's that going to do with it? Yeah, no to do
2: with what we've been seeing recently. Anyway,
0: um, Chris, what, what what's your thoughts generally on the season? How would you sum it up? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I'm pleased that it's over first and foremost. That is yeah. uh, that is probably the primary takeaway that I'd give. But it's it, it's just it, well you've said it, it. It was it was extremely long. Obviously, Steve Brewster said himself when he took charge, he didn't expect that nearly a year later the season still wouldn't be finished and. Um. actually the post restart for Newcastle turned out to be pointless as we thought it was going to be because if they hadn't played post restart then they would have still stayed up Yeah. Uh, given the number of points they already had beforehand I mean the football as we've said has been absolutely forgettable for the most part and <laughs> it just feels like although this is the longest season in history by the end of it Newcastle United are no further forward than before we started so I know what I know what's talking about being upbeat but just that is the reality if we're actually talking about how how I look back on the season it's one that yeah. I would like to consign to history in terms of what was actually the, the, the football from it and the fact that it was just another Mike Ashley 13th place finish uh no real progress in any way shape or form and that we end the season as we started it which is uh, almost in an existential crisis
1: again this isn't massively sort of upbeat but you know we started this season with all those questions surrounding the club about what would happen next about you know would the club sort of fall away um after all that sort of change in the summer and really we've we've kind of got to the end of the season and none of the questions none of those big questions have been answered at all uh, Chris and I Chris and I did a piece around the last game that sort of you know, The season began with a boycott and it ended with an empty stadium but sort of joining those dots how we kind of got there is the sort of is the sort of interesting part of it and on the first day of the season Chris you know did a piece that was half inside the stadium half out talking to people who were protesting talking to people who were staying away and you know the remarkable thing is that none of that has sort of been addressed at all that we're still in this situation where the ownership is uncertain the management is uncertain the whole feeling around the club is uncertain will people continue to go when crowds are allowed back you know what happens next that whole thing about this club what happens next is that constant sort of it's like that sort of constant this club is like a constant lump in lump in the throat or it's this constant sort of churn of the stomach where you can't quite feel happy you can't you know you just don't know and that's the sort of that's the sort of big thing. I mean, one thing one thing I did do for for that piece is I spoke to I spoke to Steve Bruce actually. And if I'm being completely honest, I was in the bath at the time, so the, this this may not um, <laughs> this, this is, may not sound this brilliant, has gone weird. But, but this has but, gone weird again. <laughs> but there's a couple of minutes <laughs> from Steve Bruce in which he says that you know oh. the, where the club finished this season isn't what isn't what he wants either.
0: I'm sorry, George. I just been sick of in mouth. As I've said from day one, I only want what's best for the club to try and take it and edge it forward and and try and do my best. And in some eyes, I'm not ever going to be that cup of tea, which I understand that too. But I think we've done okay. We've done okay, George, considering. However, we can't just... None of us want it just to be, well, we're in the Premier League and, and, and that's the aim. So when you're in the bath, do you is it bubbles? Do you go bubbles usually, or do you go... Do you yes, go bubbles. A duck d- ...or a d- boat, just to make it a bit more manly? It's bubbles, and I'm also always fully clothed
1: because I don't want to see my own nakedness.
2: <laughs> and he has power pods, oh. one of which is Steve Bruce in the bath at the time with him when he was on the court.
0: Can I just ask, George, did
1: Steve Bruce know you were in the bath? No, I didn't move. I didn't move. I had to record it. I had to record it on my iPad while putting it on my phone. I wish I hadn't said this
0: now. <laughs> it's Hello, Steve. It's just upbeat. to let you know, Steve. Just to let you know I'm in the bath at the minute. <laughs> <Click>. no, <laughs> I didn't do that. Listen, some of
1: our conversation, well, I mean, I have spoken to him this season and interviewed him oh, while oh. he was buying creosote. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's any weirder than that. Hello, son, I'm just buying creosote. Um, <laughs>
2: and when you've bumped into anyway. him in the park, he's always been asking what you've been doing when you've been out for a run, hasn't he? Oh yeah, there was that
1: other thing. Yeah, I was li- I was running. I was literally in my running stuff. I was wearing shorts. I was running. <laughs> what are you doing? I was wearing running shoes and a running top. <laughs> I was wearing running headphones. I came to a halt. I pulled out my headphones, and he said to me, "What are you doing, son? <laughs> like,
0: well, <laughs> Just getting a shopping, Steve." Yeah. <laughs> don't know how to answer that. <laughs> oh oh my god! So was he all right? Was he in good? Was he in decent spirits though? Was he okay? Well, he he was exactly like. The rest of us are. He was, um, yeah.
1: you know, <laughs> tired, <laughs> um, yeah. looking forward to a break, wondering what happens next. He, like the rest of us, has has been sort of engulfed in this sort of uncertainty, except that, you oh. know, the difference is is that he's had to kind of plot away, plot away through it. Um, you know, it's been tough. It's been tough for him. I'm not saying that people are going to kind of feel sympathy, but he's come back to his hometown club. He felt he couldn't ch- turn that challenge down, and you know, there's this myth about kind of Newcastle fans not accepting Londoners or not accepting outsiders. And of course it's, I mean, Steve in a lot of ways is an outsider because he's been away from the region for so long, barring, you know, barring Sunderland. But he's found it incredibly tough. I mean, he's found it incredibly tough. That said, he does does say that, you know, the response he's had from people uh, in person has been, has by and large been very, very positive. But, you know... This is an extraordinary club. We all know that. It's an extraordinary club at an extraordinary moment in its existence. And I think to repeat, I mean, you can argue till the cows come home about whether he's done a good job or a bad job. And we've seen this played out um, sort of in the wider media, through pundits, on Twitter with fans and stuff like that. But the thing that I always come back to is that it could be a lot worse than it is now. And in lots of ways it probably should be. And, yeah. um, you know, you can say the club spent a lot of money last summer and so they should have done better. You can also say they lost all their goals from last season and and spent a shitload of money on a centre forward who can't score goals. So effectively, they've had to get through this season without a striker. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for John Joe Shelby to end this season with to be the top scorer with six goals, you can look at the league table and think of it as a miracle. And I'm not saying <laughs> Absolutely, it's been yeah. along the way but it hasn't. Anyway, we're supposed to be being happy. Come on.
0: There's been fun along the way. I mean, let's be honest though. We we look back at, at this season and the the drama which kind of f- seems to follow Newcastle United. Just one piece of drama like that would, you know, would be enough for some teams uh, across the season whereas we Kind of have a change of manager at the start. Then we have a potential rumble and takeover saga, which goes on. We have the coronavirus break. Uh, you know, we have changes in the uh, the tactics. Do we go three at the back or four at the back? We have massive injury problems. We have Matt Ritchie kicking corner flags into the testicles of <laughs> of fans sitting near the other pitch. I mean, the amount of drama and the amount of twists and turns that the season's taken would be enough for, for most fans uh, just having one of those but it's Newcastle and it wouldn't be the same without all of this nonsense would it
2: no well this is this is this club really yeah as you, as you say that that's you, there is never it is the cliche but there is never a dull moment and even though the football itself has been dull to say the very least the actual drama around it the <laughs> the storylines have still been there um I mean it? so has, it, so has
1: of, it been dull has it been dull Chris the football yes no. has yeah
2: Football I
0: think the actual know, ninety minutes, the you... ninety minutes of football on the pitch, have been some of the dullest moments of the entire. Many season. a dull I think moment. The rest of it's been many on, a dull moment.
2: Has been off the pitch, hasn't it? The moment that summed up the season for me, I had to, I had to do like an alternative season review for the Athletic. It's up online now, so you you can nice read plug. that. Um, thank you. And basically, <laughs> I, it was a, a moment that sums up the season, and for me, it would be. John Joe Shelby's goal at Sheffield United, or really that Sheffield United (laughs) game in general, because the game itself, Newcastle were awful, were absolutely (laughs) battered. Totally. Martin Dubravka kept them in the game first half a good goal from a good good header from Alan Saint Maximan. But then everything around that second goal, it was bizarre. There was a, a significant amount of fortune about it. There was also ingenuity. Yeah. The fact that Shelby had, had thought about it. He'd said he'd spoken to the referee beforehand and got through and scored. And then, obviously, it needed VAR to give the goal. And so, the, somehow Newcastle left the, the stadium that night and returned to Townside with all three points. And Really for me, yeah, that summed up the season. That, that it was yeah. sort of a weird mix of luck, <laughs> uh, the the rare bit of brilliance from a few players, primarily Sam Maximum for the most part, but the the rare bit of, a rare bit of brilliance here and there, a heck of a lot of luck, some awful football, some very good saves from the goalkeeper, some good defending, and somehow that got that's how Newcastle managed to muddle away through. So that would for me be the the, the way that really, the, the moment that summarizes the season. That goal and that game.
1: I was there. I was there for that game, and I'd forgotten that. I'd forgotten how bizarre that moment was um and i I will i will not believe until my dying day how they came away from that game with with a win but they did they did and you know we did i think we did a piece you and i chris earlier this season sort of which was headlined newcastle wtf and it was it has been that sort of season it's been a wtf
0: season hasn't it i mean that everton game god almighty WTF stands <laughs> for Where's the Football? It stands oh, for Where's yeah. the Football as well as What's the Fuck? What's the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? But that Everton game, that two two at Goodison Park. I mean, come on. Let's I mean George, you were there. I mean that's oh, the that's, that. that's the most Newcastle thing ever, isn't it? It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no, I mean and and so it has been a season it's been a season of moments. That's where we found our joy, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was there was Bournemouth after lockdown and this feeling of wow, that was actually a sort of ninety minute performance albeit against the team that's been relegated and that wasn't it wasn't actually a sign of sort of what was to come because things have then fallen away quite badly towards the end but really it's been a season of moments that's not to say there's not been some good good victories along the way but for me yeah I mean you and I Taylor for the for the West Brom game in the in the cup that oh, was yes. my kind of favorite day because oh. there was the you Is know that that the coach good. trip yeah, it was the, your piece pudding sandwiches, um, the stuff of legend, Geordie, Geordie Hummus. Um, you know, that that was a brilliant was a day, day, but it but in terms of like, well, I can't even say for 90 minutes because for 90 minutes at, at Everton Newcastle were absolutely shite, but there was just just being in the, I mean, and it's also the thing that I've missed most from football coming back is that is that human interaction and it's way fans really that that sort of make the atmosphere at yeah, stadiums and absolutely. just being there being there I was so lucky to be there for Goodison to see Newcastle stink the place out for 90 odd minutes and then those two late goals you know earning a draw two-all draw which is utterly inconsequential but it was just fucking brilliant the limbs everywhere the shouting the just that sort of disbelief no one knowing what had happened no one knowing who'd scored how that could be how that could have happened and it's that evening of you know singing and chanting and reminding everybody sort of who we were Albeit, you know, against the odds in terms of the game itself, and then for that sort of explosion of joy right at the end, and it, as I say, it was inconsequential; it didn't matter. That point didn't matter, but it was just, it was wonderful, and that was what football can sort of do. And you know, the songs of who's that team? We call United over and over and over and over and over yeah. again, and for the, you know, for for five minutes, for ten minutes, for fifteen minutes, that was like the only thing that mattered. <laughs>
0: Half time Newcastle 2-0 up, uh, I don't think any of us were expecting that, no. what do you reckon?
1: No, definitely not, no, can't believe it, uh, I mean a few nervous moments at the back there but um, two, two really good goals and they've looked sharp, I mean there's all the same things that we're used to seeing in this team are there but uh, two really incisive movements that have led to the goals and 2-0 up at half time.
0: Bloody hell. I can't believe it. Bloody hell indeed, George. <laughs> 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 the ball was played through and, and Armouron burst onto it and tucked it away beautifully um, and the whole away and just went completely wild. They were It was raining cocks, wasn't it? it it's been raining cocks.
1: Hallelujah. It's been raining cocks. I mean, it's not, it's not a weather condition I've ever experienced before in my life, oh. but I mean, bring it on. Um, and the other thing is, the first goal went in a pyro, which we don't Uh, obviously condoned, but that's been set off literally three seats away from us. Someone's I I presume has thrown that. So we've spent a lot of time breathing in purple smoke. So it's been raining cocks and it's been purple smoke. Is this not a Prince album? That sounds sounds like a (laughs) that that was his third album, wasn't it? And I love the fact I mean Chris was Chris was there in the press box, but I wrote this I just wrote this stream of consciousness from the away end, and that was how we reported on the game. And you know, mm. and I love the fact that we have that freedom to sort of do different things like that. Yeah. And I was able to yeah, sort yeah. of record the sights, the smells, the vomit in the ladies' toilets. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, all that kind of thing. You, why a, a were fella, you in the
0: ladies' toilets?
1: I don't I don't need to explain everything. <laughs> um the the, the the pissed fella coming back from the pissed fella coming back from the um from the food stand just looking down the at the dog, hot dog and saying, Horses cock And it's just, you sort of see all this like surreal, this like surreal stuff. I love it. And that's the bit, that's the bit bit I miss.
2: Well, I was just going to say, I was going to go back to, to the West Brom game and actually the more, the day of the West Brom game. So I remember being at Central Station and being on the phone to George. And I remember offering George. The chance that do you want me to write something from the game? Because obviously he was doing the away trip where you. You were doing the podcast, and George was going to do a bit. And I remember specifically saying to George, "Do you want me to write a bit straight after the game? So and go up first thing in the morning. So you've got the day to to be able to write it." And George was saying, "Oh no no, I can I can write this on the bus on the way down. It'll be all right. I can get most of it done." And I remember I remember I saying, "Oh well, just so you know, George, and i was thinking you haven't been on a away trip for quite a while, George. If you think no. you're going to get any, and within five minutes of him having been on the bus, I got a texter from him yeah 'Yeah, I'm not going to get any work done here whatsoever on the trip down.'" <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Joe Linton's on fire, Taylor, on the way back Yes, oh, he was for three hours, solid, wasn't he, on the way desire. back yeah.
0: yep. your defence yeah, no, no, is terrifying, no, no, no. Joe
1: Linton's on fire <laughs> Oh my god
0: oh, 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 oh. I mean, it was that incredible, I mean, what dreams. a day, though What a day, I mean, it just, we nearly missed the bus Coming out of Sutton Coalfield, we got on the did bus did you lose oh, you we did, yeah we lot yeah, we, we left lost people, people yeah. behind yeah. they made it to the yeah. stadium and saw the game there was inflatable penises galore um you know it was just it was a wonderful wonderful day it was it was great and it was uh it was a reminder of how much fun it is to go and do those trips because it's been a while since I did one of those as well uh and it was just it was great great fun i mean there has been a bit of fun this season hasn't there there has been some little bright sparks and i would suggest that the brightest spark that we've seen this season, apart from Miguel Almiron's smile, obviously, um, has been Alan San Maximan and his exploits across the year. How's, I mean, the impact he's had has been fantastic, isn't it, George? Yeah, I mean,
1: if you're talking about sort of players of the season, then you certainly, you know, there's a case to make for De Bravka, as, of, as there often is, there's a case to be made for, um, for Isaac Hayden, just because I love Isaac Hayden. There's a case yes. being made for James Perch just because you love James Perch. Well absolutely uh, yeah. Taylor, even though he hasn't played for the club for years. But I no, I mean in terms of in terms of uplift, in terms of that sort of edge of the seat excitement, that hmm, I do think possibly has happened at Newcastle at some point, dim, distant moment in the past. He's he is the one, yeah, he is the one. And he's the one, you know, um i think we t- we, t- we talked about him a few weeks ago, and I sort of said i wasn 't certainly wasn 't convinced at the start of the season that I thought there was a bit of sort of you know could see the trickery and you could see the you could see the sort of talent on the ball, but would there ever be an end product and you know there has been as the season you know he came back from lockdown all guns blazing He's he 's obviously been very did, tired in the last cu- yeah last couple of games, but he has had that kind of focus, and I think he is you know i think he is a difficult player to manage i think you know i think he's a i think i think there is that sign to his personality but when he's on form newcastle don't have another player like him and he's he's great to watch because he can he can beat people he wants to take people on he wants the ball he he you know and it's a team that we've written about this season that doesn't want the football or that often doesn't want the football no team has had less possession than newcastle this season and although that doesn't tell you everything it does tell you it does tell you quite a lot so actually having a player like saint Maximum is important because he can get the team up the pitch but he's also important just from that feeling of okay yeah we've we have got we've got a special player we've got a player that can do something and um you know he's a,
0: he's a joy to watch in that sense this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped what? has just launched in the UK. <laughs> We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Uh, their third is it generation it a, is trimmer- it a, Is it a chainsaw? Can I get on with the script, please, George, before you start jumping in? Their third generation trimmer, strimmer, hedge trimmer, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents and the water resistant technology allows you to groom whilst in the shower or in the bath talking to Steve Bruce. Uh, we've got a special offer for you right now. Listening to this podcast, get 20% off and free shipping by using the code EPL 20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping and manscaped by using the code EPL 20 happy shaving. And I hope that is the only 20% off. George, are you going to get, are you going to get one of those? (laughs) <laughs> Hashtag knee pubes. Knee um, pubes. <laughs> knee pubes. Wow. Well,
1: I mean, it's the future. This isn't it. This is the Apparently future. So. Um, this is what all the lads you know, are doing. Specialist equipment to mm. uh, to get rid of the old to get rid of the old uh, pubes. Um, I'd like to know where Chris stands on this subject.
2: Uh, how do you mean by where where I stand?
0: Very far away,
2: I'd well, imagine. I'm not he saying, Hands I, over his I, eyes. I'm not.
1: I, I'm not talking about your sack-shaving stance. Oh, look, that was quite good alliteration. I'm not talking about your sh- sack-shaving stance. I'm talking about where you stand on the whole idea of male grooming.
2: Each to their own. I think it's, uh, I think, some some more natural, some, you know, people... people Nicely prefer, dodged. You're quite things. uncomfortable.
0: You're quite uncomfortable Nicely talking about dodged. stuff like this, aren't you, Chris? Yeah. For a man yeah, okay. so ready to talk about meat, he doesn't want to talk about his <laughs> meat.
1: No. <laughs> I, th- I think I think it's important. I mean, so my per- my personal philosophy on this is to um, is to is to be streamlined for the summer. I like to be streamlined for the summer, and I like to grow a full all over body pelt for the winter. I think it's. I mean, I think this is you know prehistoric man kicking in. It's those old it's those old instincts, but mm. I want to be one giant ball of hair in the cold winter months. And then when summer comes along i want to be streamlined so i can catch that gazelle and nothing is going to interfere with your catching of that gazelle with hairy balls getting caught on brambles and stuff like that so that's I, that's very much my whatever that's my so i'm all in favor of manscaping and i will be signing up for that
0: and for the second time today i've been slightly sick in my mouth delightful he's one of those players where an we've had a few of them down the years and you know, you you kind of, you're a little bit loath to put him in with the likes of Peter Beardsley and people like that and Paul Gascoigne but he's the type of player that makes the crowd take a little intake of breath when he gets the ball and you're just not quite sure what's going to happen next. Hatton Ben Arfa used to do the same thing, you would kind of, you would just lean forward a little bit in your seat wouldn't you when you saw him get the ball, whether you were watching it on the telly at home or if you were in the stand itself it, it, every time he gets the ball at his feet and he looks up and he looks to go forward and I love a Player who does that and he puts defenders on the back foot as well and his pace is scary uh, and there was times this season when he was just completely unplayable. I remember the, the West Ham game uh, down at the Olympic Stadium. The Olympic Stadium, do we call it that? The London Stadium, sorry. Um, and he essentially the ended... Shittest <laughs> football, the shittest football stadium the Premier stadium. God awful, isn't it? Is what yes, we call it's it. not a football yeah. stadium. Oh, it's horrific. With your, yeah. with your seat three quarters of a mile away from the side of the pitch. And he and he basically ruined uh, Pablo Zabaleta that day and just turned him inside out. And it was, it was a joy to watch. An absolute joy to watch. Chris, what's your feelings on on Saint, Maxi, Alan, whatever people call him. He's got five different nicknames.
2: ESM. Well, I think that that West Ham game is a, is a good reflection point to compare to what we then saw post-lockdown from, because he did he did. He did terrorise West Ham, but also he missed a series of opportunities, <laughs> and the final ball was held. And so that yeah. was the difference. The first half of the season, the end product wasn't there. Any, he, he, he what it was in terms of until he got to the point of shooting or giving that final pass, he absolutely terrorised them. But then that wasn't there, and certainly for the first few games post lockdown, what we saw was a Sam maxman who added end product and was was defining games rather than just being sort of the the highlight reel of them. And I mean, I had the—I was fortunate enough to go to France in, in December. First of all, I got to go and see uh, Laurent Robert for a wonderful piece, which I uh, really enjoyed in oh, uh, which you can read. And then also, I got to go—I got to retrace uh, Alan Saint-Maximin's steps, both in well, in Nice, Monaco, and then also up in Paris, where. I was lucky enough to meet his family and some of his former coaches, and, and just hear about him and, and how he is the player that he is, and where that sort of mm. seductive slaloming—I'll call it—is is come from in terms of. Uh, Ooh, the- oh.
1: <laughs> Seduct- oh. Say that in a French accent. Say that in a French S- accent, Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> you seductive as seductive slaloming. Seductive, seductive, seductive slaloming.
0: Seductive. Mm, oh, it's yes. been a while since I've had a seductive. Slalom, Chris, I tell you honestly. Right, uh, <laughs> Chris,
1: Chris. <laughs> oh, hello, Chris. Lauren Robert bought you a selection of pastries as well, didn't he?
2: Oh, he did. Yes, he did. He turned up with uh, a, a big. It was a big white, white uh, bag. It was about six pastries. I mean, there was only me, him, and his, uh, and his son there. But they, he did bring about, it and, I, and he and I'd already had breakfast, but I happily had second and third breakfast by having some of it. I had, I think, I had a pan au chocolat and a croissant. So that was delicious. Oh, see, seductive sl you, did
1: you seductive slalom your way through those <laughs> pastries that Lauren Robert bought. See the thing about Chris is that he's to get him engaged, all you have to do is mention food. I've noticed that. I've noticed <laughs> ah, that over yes. the course of, the, of this Absolutely. podcast. You just Chris, talk about meat for five minutes. He'll do that. He'll tip, Bring him onto pastries, yeah, he'll talk about that. Yeah, What's been your happening. sausage of the season, Chris?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think <laughs> if I'm trying to think if if the press food anywhere when when we were served press food, obviously pre-lockdown, whether anywhere there was sausages, and I don't think there was, which is slightly disappointing. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, Honestly,
0: I'd be writing a letter to my local MP, Chris, if I was you. That's terrible. Yeah, uh,
2: it's, it's it, it is very disappointing. I mean, that because that really, if you just serve sausage and mash, I'd be quite, I'd be delighted.
0: Gravy or do you go mushy peas?
2: Oh, both. Both. Oh, you dirty <laughs> bastard! <Wow>. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so we've um, obviously gotten everybody's appetite ready now. Um, so what would uh, what would we uh, what would we say would be our goal of the season? And let's have a little discussion about that. Um, my personal favourite um, has got to be. I mean, I don't I don't think it's technically the greatest goal in the world, but for the moment that it was is Matty Longstaff's goal against Manchester United at St James's Park. How about you, George? Well, that
1: was a great moment, wasn't it? And you know, it seems it seems. Sort of a bit ridiculous and kind of very sad that we had that amazing moment. Oh my god! Here he here's this here is this young kid and he's playing alongside his brother a in the centre of Newcastle's midfield, and it's a it's against Man United, <laughs> he, and he's apart from apart from kind of being a story in terms of his contract and his contract expiring this summer, Matty Longstaff has sort of ceased to exist in has of ways and yeah. has fizzled away. Yeah, and that's very sad. And I don't think that's all you know all to do with him but um albeit that's a kind of complicated situation but that was a yeah that was a fabulous moment i mean i would go back to lejeune's goals at everton just for the just for the moment of it um again you know not not glorious goals at all but that was the moment i loved the most and sort of had that you know had that kind of just feeling of ah
0: brilliant from and to be honest i can't remember any others Chris, what about you? What's been the best goal you've seen this season? We've talked about moments there, but what's been the best goal for like spectacular football?
2: Uh, I mean, aesthetically, I'd probably go John Joe Shelby's against Manchester City, the sort of curling shot from the edge of the area. Oh, that, was, Ooh, a that good, was a lovely uh, goal. No, yeah, equalizer. that was, it was also yeah, important. I remember that one if, now. If you ask me for my favourite goal, it would be Miguel Almirón against Crystal Palace, just for that sort of moment. being in the stadium that day. That the, the that the stadium hasn't been loud for most of the season partly because there were not fans for the final however many games but also even earlier than that uh, given the situation that it, it's been uh, at Newcastle and obviously the the boycotts and 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 people not turning up the that moment in December when he finally scored and the, oh, the God, noise yeah. and the celebration when he hugged the ball boy in the, the ball corner, boy yeah, oh, yeah that was lovely. just uh, that for me was was one of the few sort of moments on the uh, back of your neck stand up that, that was a f- few moments this season and so so for that one for being my favourite but probably aesthetically I'd go for John Joe Shelby's.
0: and don't forget big Andy Carroll rolling back the years at the back post there nodding the ball down for him oh I thought Kevin Nolan was going to run onto that for a minute oh my word I mean that's the <laughs> that only the time, time he did he it, but...
2: it yeah <laughs> he moved all season no yeah that was yeah. That, that was a
1: lovely moment chris, the, the other i mean chris is intriguing character for because of his love of kind of meat his bizarre love of meat but but he's useful because he can actually remember stuff and
0: i can't f- yes. remember anything he's got an encyclopedic knowledge hasn't he of of newcastle he and has, things that yeah. have happened it's it's quite I'll take that yeah. as a
2: compliment because uh which i've rarely had throughout the whole course of the history of the bottom on the town i think so i will i will cherish that
0: well, what happens is whenever we have little, whenever we have meetings or little conversations, and we don't know what games are coming up or what games there's been or when somebody's scored, it, Chris's little voice always chips in, doesn't it? He goes, "Actually, it's Manchester City, then Burnley, then Bradford," num, 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 num. and you're like, no. "Oh,
1: right." I don't want. He's got it. I think. I think it's important to point out this uh, again that this. I mean, I, I don't think this has happened. I, I think this has happened organically. I mean, I think we sort of now have podcast persona, and I'm I've kind of got the grumpy. I'm the grumpy bully and chris is the hapless meat lover and what are you taylor i don't know kind of vaguely perverted cat warrior but there's um it's, this isn't necessarily how real life is i love oh, chris my I, he's will be amazing so
0: proud. I love Chris, Chris. You, it's been an absolute pleasure this season to work with you. I've, I've really, genuinely enjoyed it an awful no, lot. Even likewise. more so likewise. when I when I didn't have to sit across from you in a studio and we could do this from home. No, I'm joking. That's <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> it seems like such a long time ago, though, doesn't it? Since we were sat in that basement in Newcastle in the studio recording these, like face to face. Spit flying everywhere and you know, oh god. Yeah, and we'd have a we couple we'd a
1: couple beforehand and talk about all the shit we were gonna say and then say it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd need a wee. Yeah. Uh, what? Need a
0: wee. <laughs> yeah, you would.
1: You would need a wee. Yeah, but you can't you can't do anything without needing a wee ten minutes yeah, later, know. can you? That's very small bladder
0: oh ladies and gentlemen harry's sponsors pod on the tine uh, as a listener to the podcast you can start shaving with harry's today by claiming your trial set for three pounds 95 support our podcast and get your set delivered to you including a razor handle five blade cartridge foaming shave gel and travel blade cover and going to harrys.com pod on the tine right now we'll get you that trial pack that's harrys.com forward slash pod on the tine how come i have to read these all the time why can't we get george to do one of these sometime george you're the one who's used these harry's razors my cheeks have never been smoother
1: <laughs> i can do that Wonderful. if you want me to do that i'll just clip clip that here we go harry's razors my cheeks have never been smoother
0: i mean right in in a, in a season of, of twists and turns and things being completely mental and 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 also ups and downs Takeover on, off, who knows, Steve Bruce, has it been good, has it been bad, who's playing where, what's the tactics, one thing which is always guaranteed is that Matt Ritchie is going to be Raj, as you like, and he has continued this season to be Raj, as you like. Um, by kicking the ball harder than anyone's ever kicked it, and also kicking his teammates uh, harder than anyone has ever kicked them as well. Uh, George Matt Ritchie, we we you wrote stuff about him at the start of the season. he wrote stuff that sounds terrible. You wrote to start of the season about <laughs> you wrote wrote <laughs> you daubed it in your own anyway. Um, you wrote stuff about Matt Ritchie at the start of the season. Um, and his kind of effect he has on the team and the way he is and the the wee angry Scottish bastard that he is. Um, and it's been another one of those years hasn't it? he's had a couple of injuries and he's been out for a little while but i do genuinely still think we miss him when he's not playing
1: yeah he's the driving he's the driving force of the of the team he still is he's the one he's the shouter he's the he's the angry one yeah i did that piece i think it was when he was coming back from injury and um i mean you know it was effectively he's our angry angry raj and i uh the thing i love that day when he came back, and I, he either scored or made a couple of goals. I can't remember. Chris would remember. I can't remember what game it was, but um, I actually asked him afterwards, "Do you do you know what a Raj is? Do you know what a is? And he said, "Ah, oh, it, it means angry, wee bastard, doesn't it?" And he was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "He," and he took it in great took it in great spirit. And he can't, you know, he can't not that he can deny it, but what is the Matt Ritchie of the season? I think that's the good. That's the good. Question. <laughs> yeah, we know he. He kicked Christian Atsu up the backside. He, I don't think you can really look. Be, I mean, and he, you know, in the last corner flag, one of the last games at Brighton. Yeah, well, that was I was going to come on to that. I think I think calling you know what did you do that for, you wee dick to the linesman is great. Yeah, how um, you call you wee dick? But but I think you know this man who has this long association with absolutely detesting corner flags, and you know this sort of irrational hatred. Of an inanimate object that's on each corner of the ground, a man who takes this perverse pleasure in inflicting damage (laughs) on these poor, unsuspecting bits of plastic, launched himself at one, and the corner flag flies up into the air and smacks a Newcastle fan squarely in the plums. Is just one. I
0: mean, thankfully, no lasting damage. Keith Robinson was his name. Keith Robinson. Keith Keith Robinson. Robinson. Yes, yeah, I mean Keith it's Robinson's it is plumb. a sign, isn't it, of the time we live in that he ended up on ITV News that <laughs> the, the, the following is Keith, evening is
1: Keith Robinson's <laughs> is Keith Robinson's Plums a name of a band? Keith Robinson. We plums, did that for yeah. a while, didn't we? This season, yeah, we did not band bad. The possible band
0: names. They were decent. They headlined the John Peel stage at Glastonbury in two thousand and six, I believe. Yeah.
2: Do you want to hear what Robinson said about this situation? Well, the plums peeled. The plums were peeled. It was it was slightly tender no, just, yesterday, but I am absolutely fine. <laughs> Slightly
0: tender. <laughs> <Right. Whoa>. Slightly <laughs> tender plums. <laughs>
2: tender
0: plums. Right. We will be in there. Good heavens. That links quite nicely into one of our new adverts, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, we've got uh so who's been our who would you say has been our player of the season then overall, across the uh, across the entire year? Who has who has shone above everyone else? We've talked about Anson Maximan. Um I think you've got to make a case for um Federico Fernandez for me, I think has been great at times. I think he's been so solid. Uh, like the crew. He's uh, been really, really good. What do you think? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I, I, I had to do this during lockdown. By that stage, would like who would have been our player of the season? Because it was sort of yeah. what would have been PFA player. And, and at that point, I went for Martin Dubravka, and I still think he's close to it, just because of the amount of games that have said that he kept Newcastle in. But there were a few mistakes from time to time. And I think that if it was over the course of all the season, I'd, I'd edge towards Federico Fernandez, like you. I just mm. think... I mean yeah. he obviously played every single minute post lockdown he is he really is a leader out there as well and he, and he just never looks flustered the other defenders you are never quite sure on parts of them whereas Federico Fernandez you just there's just there's like a calm and reassurance about him being there and I think that uh, given the sort of underwhelming signing that he was on deadline day a couple of years ago he's done very very well for the price tag Newcastle bought him for and in a team that is very inconsistent he actually is pretty consistent, and so yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd probably just edge towards Federico Fernandez.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, I'll just edge towards I'll just edge towards Isaac Hayden, although there is now a court order preventing me from doing that in person.
0: <laughs> oh God! Hello, Isaac. I'm in the bath again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're weird. Is, is that how you, you know, conduct all interviews, so George? Now from home. <clears throat> Look.
1: If I ring somebody up, right, and they don't answer, and then they call me back, and I happen to be in the bath, what am I supposed to do? So you had your iPad I, I, in the suddenly... bath. Yeah, I was reading my iPad. I was looking at my iPad. I'm not telling you what I was looking at. Was it? Fa- Did you FaceTime? No, no, I didn't. No, we've all done that though, surely. Like when we been oh, in the bath or in, on, in bed, and, you, and you're on the phone to somebody, and you press the FaceTime button.
0: Oh, quick, quick, get
1: off, get off. Um, no, I didn't do that, no. I wish I hadn't mentioned that.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you did. Chris, three at the back or four at
2: the back? What worked better? Um, Go on, quick! Three at the back was an end to a... It was a means to an end, sorry, and it was awful. <laughs> an end to the means, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it was. But um, four at the back, Newcastle... Well, it's it's and I, and I hate to bring up managers of previous seasons, but it is that sort of short blanket uh, analogy that, that when Newcastle had a five-man defence, apart from a couple of aberrations, they looked far better uh, as a defensive unit, but couldn't score goals. And then when you flipped it around, they were getting their offensive players higher at the pitch, looked more dangerous, scored a lot more goals post-lockdown but then really there was points where and I know this was partly due to injuries as well, but really the defence sort of fell to pieces a little bit so that is, I mean, that by its very nature is the issue with Newcastle United squad they are a sort of mid-table lower mid-table team and so they probably don't have the the strength to be able to be one or the other and they're sort of had to fudge it at times and it hasn't been ideal but they've probably just about found the right formula to get results at the reasonable times of the season yeah
1: yeah prefer- if i have to answer that preferably neither
0: <laughs> just
1: to be a bit quicker
2: a, a one-man back line.
0: yeah just isaac hayden on his own it's always the same way you start out and you you sort of up at and you, you feel slightly positive and you're thinking, oh, what could possibly happen this season? It's the Newcastle thing all over, isn't it? Where you're, you're looking at, oh, we've bought a player for £40 million. And then slowly, as things go on, your expectations become tempered, and the reality of the situation kicks in. It's just going to be another one of those years, isn't it? But we had some little high moments. We've talked about some of them today. <clears throat> the FA Cup run, I thought, was a was a an interesting little uh, distraction from the uh, from the league season, and that wove its way through uh, the narrative of the season with the games against Rochdale, uh, where we we took two games against Rochdale, to get through two games against Oxford United, uh, we beat West Brom, and then we succumbed finally to Manchester City in the quarterfinals but little things like that give fans that little ray of hope don't they they just give you that little distraction and they allow you to take your eye off the Premier League and off all the nonsense that goes with that just for five minutes and I think that's that's the kind of things that I look for in a season that's the sort of stuff that I enjoy Chris I don't know about you.
2: Yeah I mean it became a novelty this year it shouldn't be a novelty that Newcastle United are getting to the quarterfinal of an FA Cup but it is because that's what they've become, and Mike actually the, the cups have actually been treated with disdain, and they've been even publicly said that, that that they aren't the priority. The Premier League is is the priority. So, I mean, in terms of if you actually look at the way Newcastle reached the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, for the most part, it would they were <laughs> it was pretty awful as well. I mean, as you say, yeah, they yeah. limped past Rochdale, they limped past Oxford both after replays, um, they beat West Brom after extra time. Um, Am I right? Yeah. Say it was it West Brom after extra time. Yeah, it was. No, no, Oxford was after extra time. Was it? Yeah, Oxford was uh, extra time. Yeah, they beat they beat West Brom as well. And so it wasn't, it wasn't like that. They would faced any real opposition in terms of there was no Premier League opposition until they got to the the quarterfinals. And then they were awful. And uh, that was really disappointing. That there wasn't gonna, It was going to be such a huge occasion because you were going to hopefully have fans there for a quarterfinal, the first quarter, home quarterfinal they'd had in more than a decade and a half and so that that in it, it was both a positive but also the travesty that, that because it was such a big positive because of what newcastle have become under my that was that is reflective it, but it, that, of that's
1: that. that's it chris that's it chris it kept the season alive it kept the season alive and it was it was a it was a cup limp it wasn't so much a cup run but by the end of it you know but but you know, you get through the third round, it's, oh my, you know, we're still in it. And it's like, that was a novelty, still being in it after the third round. And then getting beyond the fourth round, That again, that was a novelty. And it's, it's that feeling of, all right, this is just a little, and each game was a struggle, but it was that little reminder about what football can be. It doesn't just have to, I mean, it was still a grind, but it's not just about the grind of the Premier League. And I think that was very, very important that that, that sort of distraction was there. And to also sort of remind us um, and I'm not talking about the cup as a distraction, in it's in its own by its own right. By the way, I just mean the distraction to everything else that's been happening around the sort of team this season. But reminding people just about that sense of possibility that football is about something else, you know, or can be about something else. And certainly by the end of it, certainly by the end of West Brom, you know, we're all dream. You know, we're all thinking, we're all dreaming. Could it be? Could it be? And you know, not probably none of us really it really thought it and then certainly that thought was kind of took a massive blow when Man City come, came out of the heart, and then again when there was nobody in the stadium but to have that to have that feeling of something different is really really important and it is that sort of reminder of you know of that there is life beyond the Premier League and there is life beyond just constantly having your head down fulfilling fixtures feeling pretty shit about things and you know there was the There was the famous windmilling moment, which, as we said earlier then, (laughs) led to all those plastic cocks at West Brom. And it's that sort of, it's that kind of nonsense that's kind of really, that's really important. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed that sense of the season existing, you know, beyond existing for the sake of it, as it were. You know, that there was something to play for, that there was something still at stake beyond just
0: relegation. I mean, personally, one of my highlights—and um, it's not football related, it's not Newcastle United related—but my my highlight of the year is is going with you guys to the uh, the Football Writers' Awards and getting to sit there and uh, and enjoy that evening and sit next to Alan Shearer for a good couple of hours and have a chat with him and and had a really good night. I was slightly disappointed that Chris didn't turn up in a seventies velvet uh, tuxedo with flares. Um, but that would by no means have been the worst fashion faux pas of the evening when uh, <laughs> Fabian shares cropped, trousers made an appearance uh, and then subsequently went viral uh, on Twitter after the photo I posted of them. Um, so, yeah, but it was a great night and I, and I thoroughly enjoyed that and thank you for, uh, for having me along to that. What I will say, though, is there is one more uh, category that we haven't touched upon yet and one more thing that I want to speak about and it, that would be our quote of the season. Chris, I'm going to throw it to you for this. What do we think is our quote of the? City? I think there's only one. Yes, well, here, I'm pretty there, really? sure we That's know biased. what the answer is going to be.
2: But I want, I want to give an honourable mention first. An honourable mention to Lee Charnley, Newcastle United's managing director. I, on, I want to, to mention Mr. Charnley because uh, let me just sorry, I'm just finding this exact. So, so back in August in in the programme and. Uh, Lee Charnley, said that you'll be hearing more from me and that the club want to communicate clearly and proactively. And I just want to say <laughs> how well how well that comment has aged and that, mm. really, Newcastle United have reverted to type. And, I mean, the last time the there was not ends. even a comment from Lee Charlie. Hello, Lee? How's he there? Lee? Hello? Hello? Lee? Is Lee, Lee even real? Hello? Hello? Is, is Lee a real
0: is person? It... Have you seen Lee? Have you seen Lee? <laughs> Lee? Hello? Lee, what's, what's that? where's he gone? I think Lee Charlie doesn't exist. I think he's an idea. I think he's a concept that was drawn up by PR at Newcastle just to kind of somebody to deflect the blame onto for certain things. I don't even think he's real. Well, I've been sat but, I, I, in a room with him, well, but the, I think but, that was animatronics. But then, you know, <laughs> but then
1: but then that does lead us on to Chris is absolutely right to uh to to, to sort of highlight that and you know, it's 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 laughable. It's also very annoying, actually, if you think about it. Um, if you think about it a lot, but you know, in this season when, or this year, this twelve month period when there has been almost no communication from the club when it's really, really mattered, and having, when they furloughed okay, staff, and and when they furloughed staff, and when all of this kind of stuff has happened around the club, they have reverted beyond type and. They have not communicated with the people who matter most in football and who often matter least in actual, you know, in actual fact. And it's pretty disgra- it's pretty disgraceful that, let's be honest. However, one of the sort of one of the real difficulties at Newcastle is for the for the for the manager, is that he becomes the spokesman. He becomes the spokesman for the club because nobody else talks. Okay, fine players talk, but in terms of strategy at the club, in terms of what's happening, in terms of the bigger picture, the chief executive or managing director as it is, is invisible. It's he is Lee Charlie is the invisible man, just like Derek Lambias was beforehand. That's the way it is. And they don't put their head above the parapet. And you know, they may have a reason for that for that. But what happens is the manager suffers. The manager suffers because every single thing the manager says it's taken as gospel, it's stripped apart, word by word, and I think that was all right when Rafa was manager, because A, he was, I mean, he's such a deliberate, careful, controlled man, he would come into a press conference, he would have a message, he would stick to it, by and large, and he knew what he was going to say. Now, someone like Steve Bruce is actually, for journalists, he's actually very helpful, and I know there's all this stuff in the in the press about you know or or social media about brucey's mates and things like that but what he actually quite enjoys press conferences and he likes chatting and he knows that journalists need something to write about and so he's always been very helpful but what that means is he 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 can trip over his words sometimes he can he can probably say too much he can give three answers to the same to variations of the same questions and those answers will sometimes be a bit different and that doesn't help Because if all you hear is the manager, you take it away and say, oh, he's talking rubbish, he's talking crap and all that sort of stuff. He doesn't get any help. The manager doesn't get help. And this has been a long-term problem for the people in, in that position. And I've got great sympathy. I honestly have, because they don't get the protection they need at other clubs They will get protected, and they don't at Newcastle. They're hung out to dry. But anyway, that leads us up. That leads us to to one of the great one of the great Bruceisms. I think I've mentioned this before. When he was Sunderland manager, the 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 PR staff at Sunderland they kept this little book of. Bruce famous kind of Brucey quotes that they always referred to him. It was very harmless, it was very sweet. They they loved him, but he would always kind of come out with a memorable phrase. He would, he, he, there was one at Sunderland he used to do all the time. He would say, oh, you know, it's been that way since pussy was a cat, which doesn't make any sense at all when you think about it. Anyway, but if, it has to be the bacon quote. I don't want to quote. think about it's, that. It has to be, it has to be the bacon quote, doesn't it? Yes, it be, well, just it, to it, give it the t-
0: context that it deserves, a, a, a reporter asked him, it was after one of the mid-season breaks, wasn't it? And report, a reporter shouted up, um, "How was the break, Steve? Or how was the break? How did you enjoy the break?" And Steve replied with, "Chris, how's
2: the bacon? Did you say?
0: <laughs> how's the bacon? Did you say? How is the bacon? Did you say? Amazing." And
1: then when we were on our way, when we were on our way to West Brom, Taylor on the yeah. on the bus. That was that was just chanted for like. How's the bacon? How's the bacon? How's the the bacon? How's the bacon? bacon? Did you say? How's the
0: bacon? Did you say? Did you say? Yes, magnificent. Chris, you should do it. You should do a one-on-one. exclusive podcast with Steve Bruce and just ask him about meat just talk to him about sausages and bacon and you pork know, stuff like and that oh, yeah. pork pies, and, yeah. pork I, pies. Could, would you be up for that I reckon he'd love that I reckon yeah,
2: he'd really I, enjoy that, that. I think that I think that'd be my favourite ever interview
1: <laughs> he, he did Absolutely. say it again and he, say, he said at Sunderland in moments of stress he says the problem is is you you go to the fridge and you pull out a beer and pull out a pork pie and that became one of the so he, he's got a meat he does have a meat related yeah um, sort of uh, uh, fascination, doesn't
0: he? We're going to start wrapping up, lads. I think. What do we reckon? Thank God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's close up. the book on this
2: season, <laughs>
0: and then throw the book in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> Set fire the book. Fire it into space. um Yeah. Thanks a lot, George, Chris, for your time across the earth. Your candor and your uh, your lovely dry humour. Oh, and, uh, you said and, can. And you said can. Can. Oh, we forgot about cans, didn't we? Oh yeah. God. Don't no, don't. No, let's not.
1: No, but thanks to everyone who's who's listened and downloaded us Absolutely. and who's interacted with us and um stopped us in the street Send us and abuse. said you guys you guys are my heroes. To the other ones who've called us wankers, that's also fine. Yeah. Um no, it's been great. It's been a it's been a very long first season, but we've loved doing it. It's been a great outlet for us and it we is. really appreciate you listening.
0: And also thank you to uh, Adonis, uh, uh, who works behind the scenes on this, getting it all together, and Tom as well, our production guys, who who make us sound slightly less ridiculous than what we uh, than what we actually are. Mm, uh, and it's not it, sure about it, that. Well,
2: yeah, it's <laughs> debatable.
0: <laughs> But it's been great fun. It, like you say, it's been a smashing outlet to have this to, to kind of talk about this stuff. And uh, we hopefully will continue, and we'll keep talking to you. We'll keep bringing you bits of uh, of information and news as it breaks. And we'll continue to uh, to come back with Pod on the Tine every week uh, through the closed season as well, until the Premier League restarts. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks, lads. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thank you. Likewise, George is getting some teeth out. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, are you getting your teeth I out, mean, George? I'm having-
1: Yeah, I've had to to put it off. I'm getting them all kicked out and replaced
0: with wooden ones. Simon Cowell style veneers. Is that what you're getting? Oh, that's going to look amazing. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Take care of yourselves and we shall speak to you soon.
2: Bye-bye. As you'd expect most of the listeners to this show live in Newcastle so if you run a business in the city what better way to promote it than through our show just as the football season is making a comeback. Our listeners are loyal and engaged just like you so get in touch, sponsor our podcast and give your business a boost. To advertise on this very show, go to www.theathletic.com forward slash podcast ads UK. You can fill out a very simple form and tell us exactly how much you'd be willing to spend promoting your business. We'll be straight back in touch and you could be soon be sponsoring your favourite podcast. So go to www.theathletic.com forward slash podcast ads UK.